Blog Talk Radio. Archangels, ghosts, and Bigfoot, oh my. It's just another night for Supernatural Girls. Real stories, real answers to life's biggest supernatural mysteries. And now, for another exciting interview with paranormal experts from this world and others. Here's your host, paranormal researcher Patricia Baker, on the one, the only, Supernatural Girls. Welcome, everyone, to another exciting episode of Supernatural Girls Radio. I'm your host, Patricia Baker, and I'm here with my co-host, Patricia Kirkman. PK, how are you tonight? I am fabulous. It's still nice and warm here, bordering still on hot, but better than what it was. It's under 100 today. <laughs> Yippee. Wow. Well, we just had, i got to tell you, a wicked storm blew through about two hours ago, and it took out the electricity, the phone lines, everything. Now, as you know, we've got a generator, and so we were okay with the electricity, but it took out the Internet. So I was wetting it out here wondering, are we going to have a show tonight? (laughs) So I hopped on the phone with Eversource and said, you better get out here and fix this. And luckily, I was one of the first towns to call it in, so they did dispatch some people right away. So that's why we're on the air. So thank you, Eversource. We appreciate it. We really do. Good job. <laughs> because we've, Good job. we've got some two amazing guests are joining us tonight. Maria Shaw, yeah. who is a great astrologer and a medium, and this time she's got her husband, Joe Lawson, with her, and... We're privileged to have both of them. We're going to talk predictions. We're going to talk paranormal investigations. We are going to have a wonderful and very exciting time tonight. So before we go to our guests, tell us what's going on with the numbers. Do you really want me to do that to you? (laughs) (laughs) I know. It's been kicking our butt, huh, all of this stuff. Oh, God. But it's a day of communication, and, and there's... That's why we've got our lovely guests on, because they're going to get some good information for our people. But, you know, right now we're getting ready to go into retrograde, and that's going to start around the 13th of the month. Mm -hmm. And if you will get prepared for it, it'll make it a lot easier for you. Anything to do with communications can and will get messed up during the retrograde. So tidy up your things. Anything that you write, Make sure it's what you really want to say because you don't want it coming back at you after the retrograde's over with. So anything to do with electronics, please remember, get everything tuned up because if it acts up during the retrograde, do yourself a favor. Put it on the shelf. When it's over, test it again. The odds are it may still work. But when it goes down, don't throw it out and assume it's, it's done with because that doesn't necessarily mean that's what's happening. Any time of traveling can be delayed or messed up during a retrograde. So if you're planning on making a trip, get your things done well in advance so you're not going to have any major issues going on at that point in time. So other than that, as we know, that 
the Libra, the balance of the scales of balance or unbalance, which is what we're <laughs> seeing in the world right now. Everybody, just do the best you can. Be kind to everybody else. There's, it's, it's going to be a rough road for the next two months. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. This month is about our major changes. It has a luck factor to it, but there's too many things trying to tip the scale of balance. So let's just say a prayer. Hope the man upstairs hears and listens to us because right now we all need that extra TLC. We definitely need the extra guidance, that's for sure. Gosh, oh, boy. Well, thank you for sharing all of that. We have a lot happening uh, this month and next month, that's for sure. And we're going to check in with Maria to see what she has to tell us about what to expect between now and the end of the year and maybe beyond. So everybody, go to our Facebook page, too. Make sure you check out our latest stories, UFO sightings and experiences. They're all there. Give us a like and a follow, and follow us on Twitter and Instagram. And pretty soon, we're going to debut on TikTok. So keep an eye out for us there. We'll let you know when we make our debut. So it's going to be a lot of fun, I'll tell you that. We're creating a character for you. So you'll be sure to enjoy yourself when you go to our TikTok site. I already thought we were the characters. It's always what? I said I already thought we were the characters. Yeah. (laughs) We're going to kick it up a notch. How's that? (laughs) I like that. Okay. Sounds better. (laughs) We're definitely kicking it up, so that'll be great. All right. Well, our guest tonight, again, Maria's been on before, but her husband Joe is joining her tonight now. Want you to know a little bit more about Maria. She is a French Quarter medium and astrologer, and she's one of the most popular and beloved astrologers. Millions of fans and followers. She's known for her amazing accuracy and predictions, and we can vouch for that, right, PK? Because last time she was yep. on, she was right on the money. I, so you've seen, I peek you've, it periodically because I know it's always going to be right on the money. Good I know. Job. You'd, don't want to miss her prediction. So you've seen Maria on every television network and show imaginable, from VH1 to MTV to the Tony Danza show, and that was running Life and Style. She was on NBC. She is the personal advisor for many of Tinseltown's elite and has given over 500 readings for famous movie stars, athletes, and musicians. And she is with us tonight. How about that now? Also, Maria's husband, Joseph Lawson, is a seasoned paranormal investigator. He's done investigations all over the world, and he has a lifetime of adventures in haunted locations. He's here, and he's going to share those with us tonight, some of the spookiest stories, because we are kicking off Spooky October on Supernatural Girls. So, guys, welcome to the show, Maria and Joe. Thank you. We're so happy to be here. Yeah, it's good to be here. Thank you for having us. Oh, it's our pleasure. So as we discussed, Maria, we're going to start with you and the predictions that you have for us, as I'm sure you and Joe and we certainly have watched. Uh, there's so much going on. So what do you think is going to go on from here on in? Well, I agree with some of the analogy that you just gave, too, because um, from an astrological standpoint, not even looking at the numbers, but the astrology confers with that. I love to see when both modalities line up. Um, October is going to be a crazy month. 
And the biggest aspect that I think that we have, well, actually there's two, but the biggest one that I think that's affecting us all right now is Mars retrograde. And that's causing frustration and anger. And, and, and we're feeling like we're stuck. We're almost like we're walking in mud. Mars is our energy planet. And it, it belongs in the home sign of Aries. So when it goes backwards, in its home sign, it's magnified. So no matter what sign you are, you're going to feel like you're, things are slow or you can't get ahead and very frustrated. But retrogrades also bring up the past. And Mars is the god of war, the god of violence, the god of anger. And so what happens is you may find yourself angry over something that happened, you know, 15 years ago or maybe three months ago. Um, this is going to continue until November 13th, so you want to give yourself a break and everybody else, because a lot of people that don't know about astrology may, may not know to check themselves. You know, I've had to check myself a couple times in the last couple of days, um, <laughs> but, and I've had really been trying. I, I mean, I, Joe even said, are you mad at me? And I said, no, I'm being very conscious about being very kind and calm. And I guess it just shows in my face, but it's a frustration and an irritability because Mars is picking at you. Mm-hmm. Have you guys felt that way at all? Oh, yeah. September God, 9? yes. Okay. <laughs> that goes on until it's you're mad at me. The answer is yeah. no, not yet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is not a good time to start anything new because of the Mars retrograde, but I'll tell you what Mars cycle happens about every two, two and a half years. So it is an excellent time to think about where you want to be two and a half years from now, get your ducks in a row, make plans for progression. And then after November 13th, take that first step. And you've got a window of opportunity between November 13th and January 6th of 2021 to move forward with plans that you could make, you know, within the next month. So there is, there is some productivity here, but you just have to work with the energy. But that's probably one of the most challenging things. Um, the next thing that I would say is, of course, you've already discussed Mercury retrograde. And, you know, we have a full moon coming up, a second full moon, a blue moon on Halloween. Wow. That's right. And that, so we have two full moons this month. We had one on the 1st. We have one on the 31st. It's a Saturday night Halloween. We have a Mercury retrograde. Mars is retrograde, and it's a blue moon, and it's Halloween. So what more can you ask for? <laughs> I, and that's a day that I've been telling a lot of my clients to be very careful on the roadways because with the Mars Absolutely. aspect there with some other energies, and I think the full moon's in Taurus, if I'm not mistaken, conjunct Uranus, which is sudden and unexpected um, accidents, things like that. So you want to be really careful if you're, you know, out partying on Halloween. I don't even know if a lot of people are going to be doing Halloween this year. But I know that um, in New Orleans, the mayor has approved trick-or-treating, but she's just spacing it out where she's extending the hours, you know, for the kids to trick-or-treat. They have canceled the Halloween parade, but Bourbon Street is open again. They opened that about a week ago. Um, and so I'm sure there will be people with costumes on, you know, celebrating Halloween in their own way and block parties and stuff. But um other places around the country, I'm not so sure if they're canceling or not. But anyway, be careful on the 31st. Um, the, okay. another, the next big aspect that I would warn people about is the third and final Saturn-Pluto conjunction. And that's going to be after the election on November 12th. This is what I've, I was telling you, ladies, and, and your fans mm-hmm. earlier in the year. Um, Saturn-Pluto is about uh, breaking down and rebuilding on a more um, sustainable base, 
and Saturn has to do with um, the old old guard. You know, Pluto has to do with um, death and regeneration uh, restrictions, and then in the sign of Capricorn, it has to do with our government, our banking system. So it hit the first time, I think January 12th. Hit again in the summer, and the last hit is um, December, uh, November 12th. And the last hit usually is the one that we see most of the most of the crazy stuff. And we've already seen crazy stuff. I mean, what can I say? But um, November, I don't. I'm going to be honest. I don't even know what to predict because I'm looking at all these astrological aspects. October's mm-hmm. crazy, but November we're going to see things that we would never have thought we'd ever see in our lifetime with the government, with the police, with, with, with the, um, the rioters. I mean, I don't, I can't even fathom. And I don't want to like be a conspiracy therapist or, uh, um, or say, yeah, I can't even talk. Um, or somebody that is a fear, you know, trying to spread fear. But I will say this, I think it is um, logical and feasible to have a couple, you know, weeks worth of toilet paper, okay, uh, food, water, just in case. And I hope I'm wrong. I hope nothing happens that we have to go to that extent. But, you know, the banking system may be short a little bit. We might have computer um, breakdowns. But I would have food and, and water enough for two weeks in November. And if I'm wrong, I'm glad I would be. But it's just real I'll take it always time. later, right? Yeah, you could give it away for Christmas, you know, to, to you know places. But I, I just think that people oh, should be prepared just in case. I don't, I don't so like it begins, the books in November. Maria, you said it begins on what date in November? You're saying to get ready. Uh, November twelfth is the peak. November twelfth, thirteenth is the peak. But but it'll build before that. And oh. that's why I predicted because I think Saturn Pluto, uh, the Saturn Pluto conjunction, and then Jupiter was in the mix. Uh, one of my astrologer friends calls it the COVID clump. All these planets are clumped in together, and they kind of, they, I don't want to say they were totally responsible for the COVID, but it definitely was an energy, right? And so yeah. that hit January 12th. Then we had something else, April. And then it came back again in June, um, late June and July. And that's why I predicted that we'd have another spike, which we did. And now I'm predicting again right. in late October, November, right around or before the election. Well, so those are also, some big. Those yeah, are the two big things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then October also is a preview of the coming year, so we're going to get a double whammy here because it's all about major changes, and people aren't going to like some of the changes that we're going to end up with. That's the scary part. Yeah, that's yeah. There's going to be some people unhappy. Now we do have two eclipses coming. Uh, throughout the holidays, November 30th, we have an eclipse in Gemini, and that's that's going to be an eclipse that'll that'll um, create a need for us to commit to a group, a social group, uh, a side, if you will. Lots of communication, um, lots of theories around that time, and then we have a, a I think a positive eclipse coming um, the middle part of December. It's in the sign of Sagittarius. It's ruled by Jupiter, so I think oh. that will. That will help us a lot. And then Saturn will leave Capricorn not to return for 27 years. And then Saturn will go into Aquarius on December 17th. And that will give some relief to our Capricorn friends. And I think then we'll start to see um, the evaporation of the COVID uh, at that time and then into the early part of the year. And I'm predicting it'll be, it'll be evaporated by the early part of next year. And I don't know well, if that's because of a vaccine or it just goes away. 
You know, many, many years ago, you guys know this probably, Sylvia Brown wrote a book, and she predicted mm-hmm. something like this, and then she said it would go away. So yeah. I'm, I'm huh. wondering if, 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 yeah. I hope she's right. So that's, that's kind of what I'm, I'm looking at. Now, The uh, when Jupiter uh, leaves Capricorn on December 19th, it'll go into Aquarius. So we're going to have a Saturn-Jupiter conjunction in Aquarius. And these, this is called the Great Conjunction in astrology. Mm-hmm. And being it's in the sign of Aquarius, I think it, we're really going to be in, in, the, in the middle of, or the heat of, or the meat of um, the age of Aquarius. You know, they say it started 2011, whatever. But I, I really feel that it's going to be because Jupiter and Saturn will both be in Aquarius into 2021 at the same time that we're going to see what the age of Aquarius really means. It's about we are the world rather than me. It's about we are the world. And we're going to see a lot of social changes because Aquarius rules social justice. It rules friends and groups, and it definitely rules change. It rules new technology. So we're going to see a lot of, a lot of new technology, but we're also going to see um, the uh, rebirth or the excitement and the popularity of astrology because Aquarius oh. rules astrology. So we're going to see a lot of people getting into astrology again. That's Good. terrific. How nice. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, I'm excited about that. And then um, the other thing that is, is kind of important is Neptune retrograde going forward. I want to say November 28th. Quote me on the exact day, but it's close. And Neptune's been retrograde for several months. And when the planet Neptune, which rules um, deception, betrayal, fogginess, but it can also rule the subconscious, psychic ability, when it goes retrograde, um, a lot of times secrets will be uncovered. And if you've been... if I mean, I hate to watch the news anymore, but if you're watching it, you know there's been a lot of scandals and secrets come out in the last couple months. Between yeah. now and um, the end of November, we're going to hear a lot a lot more. So there's a lot more secrets being revealed. A lot of things that are not reported may be reported, et cetera, et cetera. Way overdue. Way overdue. Yeah. Um, so that that's what I'm thinking between now and the end of the end of the year we do have a harsh aspect for violence and pro and, and violent protests happening october 9th i believe through the 25th of october so this is a time frame for people to be more cautious um and um just just kind of i guess i would say stay closer to home if you live in an area <coughs> excuse me if you live in an area that may be more prone to violence you know, just kind of keep cool between the 9th and the 25th. Like I said, October is just a crazy, crazy month. But remember, all of this stuff serves a purpose. There's always a positive and negative to, you know, each of the planets and each of the energies. So we're in a process of breaking everything down um, to reach a, a different level, a more sustainable level, and some things have to go and be broken down and rebuilt. And, you know, we're, we, our souls chose this. I mean, our, our, the light workers, the psychics, the healers, each one of us said, I want to be here at this place and this time. So a lot of people are being called upon to do the job that they were born to do, that their soul was born to do, whether that be a light worker for their community, whether that be somebody on the front lines at the grocery store or in the hospital. I mean, we're all here right now to be, a, we're all, we're all one. We're all a part of this. It's, it's a really cool time to be alive, even though it's a little bit scary. I mean, we're part of big, big history. Oh, yeah, we really are. You're right. So many things are changing, and it's rapid. It's just rapid, or it seems that way to me anyways. 
Mm-hmm. Despite all, despite the, the fact that we've had like five, five, six planets retrograde most of the year yeah. since February, we've had a lot of retrograde planets and retrograde planets slow things down. And um, Saturn uh, went forward. Jupiter is now forward. Pluto just went forward two days ago, I think, two, three days ago. So now we have um, what we were working on since last spring and summer. Um, be, we were able to see where we're headed and mm-hmm. how much we've accomplished and what we need to um, what we need to redo. And that's another reason, you know, we were all shut down when a lot of these planets went retrograde, you know, we get restricted, you know, Saturn is restrictive, Pluto is control, you know, Jupiter expands, whatever we have to deal with. So we all were locked in. And now we're seeing um, a lot of people, now that the planets are moving forward, say, you know, let's, let's try, let's, let's come out, let's be cautious, but let's come out. And so I think a lot more places are going to be opening up. Well, that makes sense. That's good. Yeah. Now, when you were here last time, Maria, you were uh, saying that you felt from looking at the energies that Trump was going to win. Do you still hold to that? I think so. From what I can see in the charts, um, I did uh, uh, Biden's chart and uh, Harris's chart, and both of them have some pretty strong squares from Saturn and, and Pluto uh, right around the, the end of October, November. So, uh, yeah, and I, did I, on this program, did I predict also that President Trump had to worry about his health in October? I know somebody mentioned that the other day. Was it on this show or? Hey, I that? wonder if you oh. did. Yeah, you may have. I know, I know I did somewhere because somebody was mentioning it the other day. So, um, <laughs> I, I was worried that there might be an assassination attempt or an illness that and I said I think he had to take care of himself. And I think this was it. I, I think mm-hmm. what would just happen with the COVID was it. Yes. Out of curiosity, yes. do you see any justice happening happening to Nancy Pelosi? <laughs> that woman has created <laughs> such hate and discontent among the politicians. It's terrible. Well, you know, she's a Taurus, and Uranus is on her sign. Or no, is she Aries? I can't remember if she's Aries or Taurus, but I want to say Aries. I, I, I think she might have something in Taurus in her chart. I did her chart, you know, a couple months back, but I think she is in Aries. And um, Mars right now is in Aries, remember, and it's retrograde. So she's she's angry. She's fighting. But also she's stuck because it's retrograde. So her power may be a little bit cut off between now and the middle of November of what she what she'd like to pursue because of that retrograde planet. But. You know, she doesn't have Saturn on her sun sign for five years. So I, I think that, you know, she's going to be around for a little while. Mm, that's too bad. And <laughs> when you talk about the squares <laughs> in Biden and Harris's chart, explain a little more, if you would, about what that means. Um, in astrology, we have trines, conjunctions, oppositions, and squares. And um, trines are really nice. They're harmonious. Um, Joe and I got married on a Jupiter trine and, uh, to to the moon. So I, you know, I always do wedding charts for people and I make sure that the, everything's in harmony. So when I did not to get out too far off the subject, but when I did my wedding chart, everybody knew I was getting married on June 25th. Um, 
we uh, there was like three clients rather than paying for me to do a wedding chart. <laughs> they just said, I'm getting married on the day Maria and Joe are. <laughs> that must be a good day. Uh, but trines are lucky. Um, oppositions can be good depending on the planet. Like if you have a Jupiter opposition, a lot of times that's good to bring in good people. But if mm-hmm. you have a Saturn opposition, that can be difficult. Um, conjunctions, depending on the planet, can be positive or negative. Like if you have a Jupiter conjunction to your sun sign, you're going to have a, you should be in pretty good spirits, good health, but you could get fat. You know, Um, and then if you have squares, squares are frustrations and problems and uh, inability uh, sometimes to overcome obstacles. But usually they force you to take action or make a decision that you don't want to make. There's it's usually a block of if you for lack of a better word, maybe a block of some sort. And they both have it in their chart around end of October, November, and they have some other aspects, too. I can't remember exactly what it was. Um, and, and a lot of people ask me, you know, why does Donald Trump keep getting away with stuff? How, how does he keep moving past all this stuff? You know, um, everybody's throwing stuff at him. How can he keep – I mean, even the COVID, he's done with it in four days, right? Um, yeah. He, has, he was born uh, with the star of Regulus on his ascendant, and um, that's the sign of royalty and leaders. And uh, I think it's at 28 28 or 29 degrees in his chart, conjunct his ascendant. He's got a Leo rising sign or ascendant. And so that has been a a strong protector for him through a lot of this stuff. Uh, He is a Gemini with a Leo ascendant, Virgo in the first house, and his moon in Sagittarius. Usually if you have a moon in Sagittarius or you have, have some major planet in Sagittarius, you'll have good luck with foreign people, places, and things. And whether you like him or don't like him, he has negotiated a lot of things on behalf of our country with the the foreign countries. So there's Mm -hmm. that Sagittarius moon working where he can relate to a lot of, a lot of foreign leaders. So that's, so that's I think amazing. I'm going to stick to what I said. What I said. We'll see. I got a 50-50 chance, right? <laughs> <We'll be laughs> right. I, think, I think it's better than that. <laughs> now, well, did yeah, you do the numerology? Did you do yeah, the numerology yeah, on the Talk guy? about that. That's, uh, I, I've been saying since uh, the beginning that he's going to win. And everything yeah. that I see goes in that direction. I know it doesn't make some of my friends happy, but it... it, it it's his arrogance that makes people dislike him. And unfortunately, it's that very thing that gets him through the, some of the, the issues that he's been able to plow through. Yeah, the, the ego of the Leo um, mm-hmm. and is what is able to withstand all the pressure and all the anger from you know, certain sides. Because uh, Eddie, I don't know who else could, would be able to. This is a lot. You know? It is. This is a lot at any time. But, um, Crazy. And then, yeah, so I think that the, the Leo Ascendant and the Regulus, uh, the star Regulus there has helped him get through a lot of stuff. Then, of course, Gemini's got a gift for gab. But if you notice, Gemini's, they tend to, to talk. They'll say things twice. So you'll hear him talking, and he'll say, beautiful night, beautiful night. Gemini's always repeat themselves. I oh, have Mercury in Gemini, and I'll, uh, Venus in Gemini, even though I'm a Cancer, and I'll repeat myself. Joel will say, you don't have to say it twice. <laughs> I heard yeah, you don't have to say it twice. <laughs> you know, Maria, you one of the things that, lectionary. Uh-huh. I'm go sorry, ahead. go ahead. No, you go. No, I was just I was just gonna say you watch when he's speaking, you'll notice it now. You know, and Gemini's yeah. like to speak with their hands too. Yeah. 
you, you mentioned that new technology showing up uh, probably by the end of the year. We, it's interesting because we've heard that also from not astrologers, but people who are in the military who have come forward and said we're going to see things that we've never seen before, just very similar to what you just said about it. And some of them have added another piece, and they've said we're going to see an alien presence here. Not that there hasn't been all along, but they said it's going to be very public. And I was wondering if there's anything astrologically that backs that up. Well, when Jupiter and Saturn go into Aquarius, it rules new technology, and it, and it rules forward thinking. So you want to think back, because Jupiter has a cycle of 12 years. So you want to think back to 12 years ago. What was that, 2008? You know, we had some sort of new technology back then. And 12 years before that, yeah, we had Facebook come out in 2008. So that was a new technology, a new social media platform. And, mm-hmm. and Aquarius rules large groups, social life, okay? So then eight years before, or 12 years before that, what was that, 2006? Was that, was that space or what was it, my space? <laughs> but we, we had, I mean, so much has happened. We're in a new, now we're in a technology information age. For many, many years, we have been in manufacturing age. Now we're in the new technology age. And I think because of this, we're going to see a lot of people, and the, and the COVID was a good example, a lot of people that are going to work from home. And by 2040, everybody will be working from home unless they're physically needed at a site. And we're going to see people not employed by one company like we are now. They're going to, they're going to be doing multiple jobs. They're working for different companies on their computers or whatever they need to do. So we're going to see a, a real shift and change. And where the money is going to be made is with information, new technology, et cetera, et cetera. So we're getting away. If we were in an agriculture age for many years, then we went into a manufacturing age. Now we're in a new technology or information age, and then that'll go well well past 2040. But the most of the growth is um, 2000 to 2040. Wow, Where do you see amazing. our money going these days? Because there's gold. Yeah, I'm telling everybody to predict it. To I've told people this for 20 years. When gold was $300 an ounce, I've been telling them invest in gold, invest in gold, even just get little gold coins. I think it was up to. Oh, almost $2,000 now, a gram. And right. silver, if you can't afford gold, buy some silver because that's going to go up too. Uh, the stock market, um, if Trump gets in, I think the economy is going to go back up by spring, late winter, spring. Uh, but the stock market is going to be up and down, and I'm worried about a, um, a, a, a like a, I don't want to say a crash, but, uh, you know, a very up and down uh, type, of, type of couple days toward the end of the month. Because we've got Uranus and Taurus in the full moon. And Taurus rules, you know, finances and Uranus is sudden and unexpected change. But uh, I, would, I would really tell people um, invest in gold and real estate right now because there's real estate pockets around the country that are doing fabulous. I just talked to a client right before I came on the air that houses are going boom, 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 and interest rates are going to stay down for a while. Then some markets are a little slow. But if you've got some extra cash and you want to invest in something, I think real estate and gold are going to be the way to go. I mean, even if you look at, you know, what, 100 years ago, you know, or Rockefeller's got rich by investing in real estate, right? So this is a good time to think about that. You know, even if it's a small, you know, place, even if it's like a condo that you can run out as an Airbnb, money can be made in real estate. What about cash in general? Uh, The dollar's 
shall we say, the dollar bills, are they going to be as viable or is there going to be a drop or something happen to those? I think at some point we're going to go, we're going to be back by the gold standard again. So I, I think that could happen. I, um, I really depends on what president gets in. Um, my gut feeling is that I think that we're going to be okay. I think we'll see, see a shift and a change in some foreign currency that may come to revalue. I know a lot of people are hoping for that. Um, mm-hmm. It may take a couple more years, but I know a lot of people have invested in some foreign currency and nothing has happened, but I think it could. Um, I think that um, we'll, uh, I think that we're going to, how we deal with money and banking will change. How we bank is going to change dramatically due to Uranus and Taurus between now and July of 2026. Everything may go plastic. They may not, nobody may, there may be a shortage or they might decide not to take any coins or any cash. So I think how we bank is going to be dramatically different. We may not even have banks. You know, to, that we could go into any time and deposit money, and maybe that we do everything electronically and just go in to visit, uh, like an investor or something, or we do that through Zoom. Lots of things are changing with the banking system. Everything is kind of being broken down, rebuilt. And also with Uranus and Taurus, the wealth is shifting too. People that were very wealthy have got to make sure that they're of strong investments or are willing to adapt because. People that have had no money are going to end up with money, and people that have been wealthy could lose it. So they, hmm. they, we've got to really be able to roll with the flow with Uranus and Taurus. Mm-hmm. Because right about, now there's no coin, coin. Getting coin is almost impossible. Yeah. That's, so the coin shortage is in different areas of the country. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or they want you to round up, or they just want they won't take cash. Some places won't to take credit cards. It's like, yeah. What about cryptocurrency? Yeah. Do you see anything happening with that? Not anymore. I think whoever made their money in cryptocurrency has already made it. And it's done. Um, yeah, for right now. I, I, you know, I, I'm feeling like right now it's going to kind of level out. And if it mm-hmm. comes back up, it would be at some point before. Uh, well, you know, Jupiter and Aquarius may bring may bring something like that into play, but Saturn's there too. When you have when you have Jupiter and Saturn both battling it out, you know, Saturn wants to restrict and Jupiter wants to expand. So we have to do things slowly. Just like we have had to do with Saturn and Capricorn and Jupiter and Capricorn and Pluto and Capricorn this last, you know, two, three years. So what we've had to do is we've had to build a strong foundation and we may feel like, gosh, I'm working get nowhere, working get nowhere. But keep plodding along because when this cycle is over at the end of the year, there's long-lasting uh, and profound uh, success. So even if you don't feel, even if you don't feel like you're headed anywhere right now, keep plodding along and keep working hard and laying a good foundation. And I'm talking about any area of your life that you're working on right now because there'll be profound and long-lasting success based on what you've done this year, 2007, uh, 2018, and 19. Ah, well, that's very promising. I like it. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I can like that's... me again. <laughs> <laughs> well, Maria, this is some great information for everybody in our audience and us, and we really thank you. It's terrific. We're going to take a very short commercial break and come back, and we're going to talk to your husband and you again about spooky stuff, all your paranormal investigations. So, Stay tuned, everybody. You're listening to Supernatural Girls Radio. We'll be right back. Pure essential oils. 
specialized mineral and a revolutionary anti-aging technology. Astridian combines the best of all scientifically proven ingredients in easy-to-use creams, lotions, and concentrated serums. Astridian's advanced line of products take your skin to a new level of being healthy and beautiful. We offer a variety of collections that address all your skin concerns. The Essential Anti-Aging Series treats and moisturizes your skin for a long-lasting, younger look. The Multivitamin Series promotes healthy skin with high-quality vitamins and minerals. The Sports Series restores skin from cellular damage and stress. Astridian also offers a revitalizing solution for hair and a professional series for doctors and medical spas. Visit astridian.love today and begin your new journey to healthy, beautiful, youthful skin. Astridian, beyond your expectations. There are a lot of psychics out there. How do you decide which one is right for you? You look for someone who empowers you, who's practical and spiritually connected, who says, here are your opportunities, here are your challenges, and here's a way to deal with them, and then gives you your own toolbox to make your life everything you want it to be. Hi, I'm Corby Mitleid, and that's how I work with you. As a certified professional tarot reader, I've helped thousands of people for over 40 years through my toolbox. Cards, past life retrieval, numerology, spirit guide conferences, and mediumship. Whether it's career, relationships, finances, or your spiritual road, together we can replace your confusion with clarity. And you'll probably find a little laughter along the way. Visit me at CorbyMitlide.com to find out how to cross your bridge from fear to fearlessness and fly. And tell me you found me at Supernatural Girls for a special gift with your reading. Corby Mitlide. The Practical Psychic for Catching Your Tomorrows Today. Find me at CorbyMitline.com. That's CorbyMitline.com. Your property tax bill. Have you seen it lately? It's frightening. Your property taxes are going up while your home value is going down. It's time to fight back and win. For the real truth about the property tax system, get attorney Pat Quintilian's book, Are You Getting Screwed on Your Property Taxes? How to Find Out and How to Fix It. Attorney Quintilian answers all your questions and gives you the facts you need to fight a property tax bill that is spiraling out of control. You'll also read about what happens to property owners who don't check their property records, only to find out too late they're taxed on square footage, fixtures, and even buildings that they don't own. Is this happening to you? Learn your rights. Buy attorney Pat Quintilian's book today. Are you getting screwed on your property taxes? How to find out and how to fix it. Available on Amazon.com. Are you frustrated with endless mantras, affirmations, and processes that promise to align your life with your dreams only to find yourself years later in the same space where you began? Do you feel like you must be doing something wrong because nothing seems to be working? Don't you just wish that someone could shift your consciousness for you and your life could align with your desires without all the effort? Well, your wish is about to come true. Hi, I'm Carrie Cannon, and I have a gift that allows me to align the consciousness of others to be in harmony with their dreams. The best part is, it requires no particular effort on your part. Upon listening to a consciousness alignment, 
people have reported instant energy shifts, financial windfalls, soulmate connections, healed relationships, physical healings, and more. To gain access to a free trial offer for my entire Manifesting Miracles Library of Consciousness Alignments, go to commandmiracles.com now for details. Again, that's commandmiracles.com for information about our free trial offer. That's commandmiracles.com. Welcome back, everyone, to Supernatural Girls Radio. I'm your host, Patricia Baker. I'm here with PK, my co-host, and two tremendous guests tonight. Maria Shaw and her husband is joining us, Joseph Lawson, paranormal investigator extraordinaire. So, Joseph, welcome to the show, and please tell us all about you and how you got into this paranormal stuff. Well, I kind of had no choice. I grew up in Pontiac, Michigan, and my backyard was literally the Pontiac General Cemetery. Uh, there oh was no God. fence, and the cemetery headstones came all the way up to my swing set. Um, <laughs> and if you look at it, was the truth. If you look at old 8-millimeter film of my mom pushing me on the swings, you know, I'd go forward, and then you go back, and there'd be a tombstone. And I used to see people walking around in the house, um, and I would ask my parents about it, and they'd always just brush me off and say nothing was going on, but I knew better. And I got started because I wanted to catch them. So I wasn't scared. I, I would purposely lock myself in my closet because I'd always heard about, you know, closet monster stuff, and I wanted to see it. Um, <laughs> so that, that's how I got started. Just by what a great start. And, you know, it's funny because I also uh, grew up across the street from a cemetery, St. Mary's Cemetery in Syracuse. And I swear to God, when you grow up near a cemetery, it changes you forever, don't you think? You're 100% right on that. <laughs> and the, the weird thing is, and Marie and I were talking about this, I can't get away from it. Um, every house that her and I have owned or together with since I met her Every one of them is part of a ghost tour. So whatever city wow. we've lived in, is we're, we're part of the ghost tour. And we're always part of an old cemetery that, um, you know, they, they've either got rid of. Like, for instance, when we lived in Savannah, which I think was the worst, um, we were directly next to the Colonial Park Cemetery, except we were actually on, on top of the old portion of the yellow fever victims. So Maria could never sleep in that house, could you? No, I could never sleep. I was buzzing all night and never got a good night's sleep. Even if we stayed for two or three weeks at a time and then went back to our other home, I, I had to get home. I had to get to another house so I could sleep. But okay. I did enjoy Parker's gas station there. <laughs> yeah, we we tend to buy houses around food. <laughs> <laughs> Way to go. Good idea. Yeah, I like that. I like that. So, But what was keeping you up? Were the spirits talking too loud or they're tormenting you? What were they doing? Um, it wasn't so much, I, I don't, I didn't really see any spirits as much as I could feel an energy where like there was electricity all through my body and I'd be up two, three o'clock in the morning. So exhausted, but I was wired, but tired. It Ew. was the energy there because in Savannah, you know, Savannah is the, we lived in the historical area, but what a lot of people don't know is they didn't remove the, the, the graves. They just built over the grave sites because they didn't want to spend the money. This is, you know, a hundred years ago. So sure. all the houses in the historical district are built upon old grave sites. And we were walking around one day, this is two, three years ago, and they were digging up a street and they dug up at a hand. 
And it was oh. like right next door to us. So, the, you know, a skeleton. So you never know what you're going to find in some of these historic cities. Right. Oh, my goodness. Oh, what an event, though, not to be able to sleep and to feel wired at the same time. That's horrible. So tell us, what are yeah. some of your spookiest adventures? Well, I got to say, you know, in, in, in going with the, the um, cemetery theme as well, even currently here, we live on Mackinac Island and we just bought a house downtown. Um, when we bought the house, we had some family come up and they were helping us rake the yard and they pulled up a femur. <laughs> so, oh, no, <laughs> my God. It. Uh, it's just hilarious. And then the other day I was out <laughs> taking the dogs out for a walk and there was another one right on the fence line. So and we just can't get away from spookiness. So I just really had no choice. Everybody always asks me about that. Why would you get into this blah, blah, blah? I, I didn't pick this lifestyle. It picked me. It sure did. I'm that way. For sure. Oh, um, God. You, talking about, you know, spooky things, um, we, I, I have some really good stories of some pretty intense places that we've been. Um, I can tell you this. The only time I can ever say so, – so my barometer is Maria, and by that I mean that there are certain no-no places that I'm not allowed to go, whether it's for my health or for hers. But there are certain ones that I'm like, well, you know, maybe this is too much. And I'll give you an example. Like I'm, I'm absolutely forbidden to go to Bobby Mackey's Music World in Louisville, Kentucky – I'm sorry, in Florence, Kentucky – um, that one's had a lot of issues with demonic entities and things like that. And Maria's like, absolutely not. So typically when we're not together and I know that I'm driving through Kentucky, I'll text her and say, Hey, guess where I'm at? And I just get a text back. No, you're not. Because she knows <laughs> what I would go there in a minute if I could, but she's like, you're not going to that one. Um, so she's my barometer on what we can and can't do just in the sense of if I think it's too much, then I, I, I don't want to ever put her in danger because I've got lots of really cool, great, you know, ghost equipment that we use. But, I mean, my best piece of equipment is Maria. No, nothing that I've ever owned compares to what she can do because she can rattle off names and, hey, this is Bill over here, and he died. And I'll give you an example. And this one actually changed how I looked at things. We used to do private homes, and I don't re- I think it was in Lansing or – something Lansing, Michigan, I think. And there was a contest and it was when a, um, a, an investigation with Marie and Joe for Halloween a couple of years ago. And we, we went to the homeowner's house and I didn't want to know anything about the house until we got there. And when we got there, uh, they asked us, they said, okay, here's what's going on. The kids are being terrorized, blah, 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 blah. And that was all cool. And I could see when, when Maria's really on hot on something, her eyes drift and she just starts, like you can tell that she's kind of listening to what you're saying, but she's got like something else on her mind. And I said, what's going on? What's in the kitchen? And she goes, well, she said, that's fine. And she said, I think that's uncle Bill. Um, and you know, and they're like, Oh my God, we didn't know you knew about uncle Bill. And he passed away, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, yeah, I think that he's trying to tell you something, but what about, tell me about the stream in the back and the little girl and the friggin' the woman who owned the house, just erupted crying. She's like, nobody knows about that. I guess what had happened was in, in when the house had been first, because a lot of the houses in Lansing are old, old houses. I guess when they first put that house in, it was on a stream and the girl, the little girl who lived there went in the back and she drowned. And oh, no. to this very day, um, the, the family has come down 
and they'll put rose petals in where the river is. And Maria goes, well, what about the rose petals that get dropped in the, in the stream? And oh like right God. then I knew it was like, nobody can do this for her. So, you know, it just, it's really cool stuff. And, and she was actually right. Uh, there was an uncle bill and why they were being haunted was, is because the house had electrical issues and he was afraid of fire. So we were sitting there and like all this equipment was going off and we weren't asking the right questions and then finally, Maria goes, listen, like if you if, – if the family promises to get their electrical changed and fixed, will you leave them alone? At the entire house, every single piece of equipment scattered throughout the house went off all at once and then never did again. And they got their, their electrical box changed, and they never had an issue ever again. No kidding. So then they were really uh, trying to protect them in some way, yes? yes? Yes, it was their Isn't Uncle that Bill. That was, and it did. I mean, and, and when you went in, like I said, these houses are really old. You could see that, you know, like some of the fittings and stuff weren't really there. And, you know, if you plug something in, you got a little bit of a jolt kind of thing. So it should have been <laughs> common sense. But they, we avoided a fire, and that was nothing ever went off again, and they never had a problem again. That's a happy ending. And you two make an amazing team. Goodness. We, we do. Um, well, we have a lot of fun. But I will say – like I said, my barometer is her with what I can and can't do. And the only time that I thought maybe I had pushed it too far um, was, I think, two years ago. We investigated Eastern State Penitentiary in Philadelphia, and that has the real death row. And we walked in. It's like one thirty in the morning, and I was like, they got it, it, you know, because of it being um, now a museum, it had photographs of every prisoner who was going to be electrocuted on the wall there. And I walked in and there was just this really like my stomach hurt feeling. And I was like, huh, you know, maybe we really did go too far this time. And I had taken a group with me uh, and we had a couple people who were investigators as well. <clears throat> and one of um, the girl walked ahead of me and just as she walked past me in one of the cells, all of us heard it. I heard a guy go, hey, Terry. And that was her name. Oh. And she bolted out of the house. She was out of the prison. Oh. She wouldn't come back in because it was calling to her. Know. So I was like, oh, maybe we went too far this time. <laughs> right, you're right. So those, uh, yeah, Maria. So Maria I, I didn't, I didn't want to cut you guys off, but something pretty amazing happened. Yeah, um, tell us. My, we on that particular investigation, uh, we kind of made history on accident, and it wasn't on purpose. Um, I had brought Jack with us, who at the time was the paranormal pup, and the problem is Jack has become a giant chicken, so he no longer comes on the investigations anymore because he's scared of his own <laughs> shadow now. Uh, but at oh, the no. time, he was a brave young lad. <laughs> so uh, we we were walking down a. Um, so each of the corridors, you're not allowed down every single corridor due to maintenance or something like that. And the, the guy said, well, he said, I don't mind if you guys go down this. We're kind of doing stuff upstairs, but, you know, if you guys want to go down this, you know, I'll just let you go. So I said, cool. So everything that I'm about to ha- tell you all happened in the span of 30, in 30 milliseconds. So as I'm walking up to one of the cell blocks, I've got Jack in my hand in his little carrier, and Maria turns towards a cell, and she says, I don't like this cell right here. And as she's saying that, Jack, and he starts growling, and he wants out of his carrier. 
And as that's happening, I hear something hit the ground that sounds like like if you dropped a pen out of your ear or something and it hit the ground. And remember, it's, it's pitch black and I can't see what's happening. So I used my night vision camera I was holding to try and see what if I had like dropped something because he had jumped out of his carrier at the time. So I thought maybe one of his bones or something had fallen out with him when he jumped out. And as I'm looking down and remember, all of this is happening all at once. I heard the, the tour guide because they made you have one because it was uh, an abandoned part of the building. I heard him say, that's not possible. And I said, what, what's not possible. And as I, as he said that I looked down, there was a wooden toothbrush that had been filed down into a shiv that had been thrown out of one of the cells at us. What? And that, oh that all happened in that span of that second. Wow. So they so took you... that. They actually had to take that. They had to take It's in their museum now. Oh, my gosh. Goodness gracious. So it started with Maria identifying that I don't like this cell. And then yes. Jack reacted. And then whatever was in there threw this thing out of the cell at you. It, and, and that's what the, the, the guide was talking to us. He said, listen, he said, you know, how many years has this been open as a museum? We have been through every inch of this place. Anything that we have ever found is in the museum. He said, it's not possible for there to be a wooden toothbrush just laying around, filed down into a shiv. He said it couldn't happen. Gosh. That kind I mean, of a, a manifestation is so unique. Wow. It was awesome. I, I loved it. And then, you know. <laughs> We, we, we've, we've done so much, you know, we're, we're usually in Gettysburg, Pennsylvania. It seems more in Gettysburg um, more recently. And I, I start laughing when people, my phone just blows up every single time something new catches and somebody just was on vacation and they caught two spirits caught crossing the, the, the little pathway out there in the battlefield. And that's not uncommon. I will say this, the very first ever real full-body apparition I've ever seen in my life, because as you guys know, those are hard to come by. Like yes, you may catch a glimpse yeah. of something, um, and the only time I've ever seen a full-body apparition was literally in the middle of the afternoon on a 100-degree day. We had just rode up into Gettysburg, and Maria said, I said, the room wasn't ready, I think, is what the problem was. And I said, well, why don't we do this? Let's just take a spill through the, the – um, Battlefield, if anyone's ever been to Gettysburg, you know, it kind of winds and twists through different monuments and things like that. And we were driving through, and I think Maria was on her computer or something sitting next to me in the passenger seat. And I see a guy coming out of the, the weeds. And the best way that I could describe him is he looked exactly like um, the old school, like Scooby-Doo cartoons, whenever they wanted to draw um, the ghost of somebody they would they would draw all of the every inch of that particular person but they didn't add color that's exactly what he looked like he walked directly across me in front of me and walked right to a new york statue and then he was gone mm. oh my goodness they say Getty, gettysburg just has a tremendous amount of spirit activity is that what you found also yeah. a lot of them oh gosh yes it was 53,000 mm. dead missing or wounding in three days is going to leave a mark on the ground and, yeah. and the truth is, is whenever we do so many investigations there, and truthfully, you're not safe anywhere because just because the you know state of Pennsylvania said, okay, the battlefields are right here, X, Y, and Z, the whole thing was a battlefield at one point. 
So any hotel that you stay at is has activity. And the one thing that I learned is listen for the knocking. If you actually stop and listen, you will always hear knocking. And the very first time we were brought down there for Travel Channel, um, they had mentioned that. And sure enough, they would like you can communicate through a series of knocks. It's crazy. Gosh. Now, did anybody stand out when you were Gettysburg that you know surprised you? Somebody that we would recognize in terms of the fact that they might have been a famous general or something like that. To be honest with you, the we were up at uh, Little Round Top, which was one of the battles that they they had high ground down at Devil's Den, and I cannot remember the general's name who was up there. I don't. Was it Pickett's Charge? Is that what it was? General Pickett, oh. I think it was Pickett's Charge that was yeah. up there. And we went up. You know, I, I'm not innocent. A lot of times I will sneak on to things that I'm not supposed to be at, and we did that <laughs> in the middle of the night. <laughs> and as we were up there, um, I, I knew that I wasn't supposed to be up there. And, I mean, you can drive through the battlefields, but you're kind of not supposed to stop. And so I was up there, and Marie and I had just gotten out of the van with a group of other people, and I knew that we weren't supposed to be there, so I heard, I, I was like, oh, okay, kind of let's just kind of get this along so we can get out of here before a park ranger comes. And just as I said that to Maria, I see this pair of black boots coming towards me, and I said, yes, I know, I know, you know, I know we're not supposed to be here. I apologize. We'll leave now. And just as I got that out of my mouth, those boots were disembodied. They turned around and ran right down the hill. And I guess that's one of the things that General Pickett is famous for is just his, his disembodied legs. Oh, my goodness. Incredible. And you saw it. Now, when you had this experience and others at Gettysburg, did you also notice temperature changes? You know, everybody talks about how it gets a little colder or seeing mist along with these other types of things, like the boots? Yes, lots of mist, lots of fog. Um, when we first went there for Travel Channel, Maria, we had the Maria and Joe show. Or no, it was just Maria Shaw show, I'm sorry, on WYCD Radio. And Matt was with us. He was a co-host of ours and, our, and soon-to-be um, publicist, Diane. And we took her little car out there. She called ahead, and they, the cop said, you know what, there's no problem. You go out there and do whatever you want. So I was like, this is awesome. Let's get out there. And as we started to drive through the battlefield, uh, there was this weird mist and smoke that was out in the field. And I said, Diane, pull off. I want to get out. And she's like, I am absolutely not pulling out. You sit down right now. And I said, no. <laughs> I said, I'm getting out. And, and Maria and Matt are in the back. And they're like, no, Joe, don't go out and do it. And I said, listen, I'm going out in this thing, and I don't care what happens. Um, so as I, I got out of the vehicle, that that smoke and fog got thicker and thicker to the where I couldn't even see the car. I couldn't see where they were behind me. And oh, as no. I was looking into it, I could literally see horse and, and, and soldiers and things like that. And if you go, Maria, Joe, or sorry, Maria, Matt, and Diane were all in the car screaming to get back. They wanted to be back in so they could get out of there, not for my safety, but for theirs. Um, so that was, yeah, there's a lot of smoke. If you go to Spangler Springs out there, if you go out in the middle of the night, you will physically hear the fighting going out in the field. That's incredible. Gosh. Now, do you guys ever get concerned that you're going to cross into another reality and have difficulty finding your way back? Maybe that's what's happened with 2020. I think that did happen. I'm not joking about that. Um, I always refer to um, <laughs> 2020 as we're in um, 
1985 from Back to the Future 2, we're in the wrong 2020. Um, mm-hmm. We were doing something on a cruise ship, and we the the day that it seemed like all hell broke loose, um, nobody on the ship knew what time it was anymore. And I woke up, and they're like, I'm a big breakfast person, and, man, it better be whatever time they say it's going to be. So I got up, and nothing was out, and nobody was out. I'm like, what the heck is going on? And so I came back, and I, I keep one clock always on whatever city I'm in time so that I always know. And I looked at that, and I'm like, no, it says that it's this time. And I looked at the clock inside of our room, and it was wrong. I called down to the front desk. She couldn't answer me as to what time it was. So now things are starting to move a couple hours ahead of time. So I'm asking people uh, who are on the cruise with us, I said, what time do you have? Everybody had a different time on their clock. Nobody knew, not even the crew. So I always said that we, flew, we, we sailed through the wrong 2020, and that's what's going on. That is wow. really, really spooky. Yeah, and literally, like the minute that we got off the boat, all, everything happened. Like we got locked down in New Orleans. Everything happened the minute we got off the boat. So what do you think that was? I think that we sailed through some sort of – because I was looking at some of the trajectory that we came through, and it is part of the Bermuda Triangle that was the route that we were on. So I don't know what happened, but I do think that we sailed through something. I, I found it interesting. You were talking to Maria at the beginning of the show about aliens, and there, there's supposed to be some big revelation coming up. And you do realize that in the middle of this whole COVID thing, the Pentagon came out and said, yeah, there's aliens, you know, and nobody batted an eyelash. Right. Like nothing. And they physically said, yeah, we got all this proof right here, but nobody sneezed at it at all. Um, But I found it interesting that you said that there's supposed to be a big revelation. I am not a person who has like prophetic dreams or anything like that. And I sure as heck have never had an alien dream in my entire life that I can recall. But in this past two months, I dreamt twice about aliens. And the very first dream I had, they visited my room. So maybe they really did. I don't know. But in my dream, they told me that the reason all of this is happening is it was punishment for our leaders. And they were, they were what was behind everything that was going on. And so, I, I, you know, we do the Marie and Joe show. I told the audience that. And I said, you know, here's what's going on. This is what they said. And a week later, I had one final dream because I was like, why in the world would I dream about aliens? I don't – I'm not an alien person. Yeah, I, I don't do thing. the UFO hunting. It's just not mm-hmm. my thing, and I don't want – I don't want none of the anal probing that goes along with all that stuff, so I'm staying out of that. Really? Um, that's, that's not for me. Um, I'd rather do the ghost stuff. But then that second dream I had, uh, once again in my room, and they told me that they took notice of me when we were in Tucson at the Tucson Gem Show. And oh my because gosh. Ray and I had left from, we had left from the West Coast, and we had driven through Area 51, and they said they had taken notice of me. So that's why I was having the dream, they said. That's fascinating. And that doesn't sound like a dream. That sounds like right. it really happened. Right. Because I've never I was forgotten. a dream analyst for many years, and you always know uh, there's a difference with a dream that makes sense. Because normally there's no syntax in a dream. So you have to take a symbol from here, a symbol from there, and you put it together, and hopefully you'll have somebody help you figure it out. But what you're describing is a clear event that had sequence to it that makes a lot of sense. So I would say that happened. I, I agree. I'm not hip on a third visit, so they can just 
stay wherever they are. Like I got the message <laughs> clear. I don't, I don't, we're not going to do no, you know, fire in the sky movie thing. Nothing like that. No, thank you. Um, so, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm not a big alien person, but I do believe that really happened. And I, you know, you had mentioned that something big was coming up. I believe you. I do think something's going to come up. Yeah, this was told to us by someone who's, as I mentioned, has been in the military and said there will be an alien presence. It's, he actually called it an invasion, even though we know they've had bases here forever. But mm-hmm. he said it'll be like that. And I said, are they going to be the, the beautiful Pleiadians with long blonde hair and blue eyes? And he said, no. <laughs> no, of course not. No, we are going to see the uh, six to seven foot tall insectoids. I'm like, oh, my good Lord. So anyways, we'll see. But it was a very interesting conversation about alien intervention and presence here. So that's fascinating that you had those two experiences. I'm going to call them experiences instead of dreams. Yes. Mm -hmm. What about you, Maria? Have you had any contact with aliens or interdimensionals? No, I, I haven't. I uh, I'm I just do a lot of mediumship work where I deal with people, you know, cr- that have crossed over, loved ones from the other side. Um, mm-hmm. So that's kind of my forte. But I haven't really had any experience with aliens. Some of my psychics that work with me have, but um, no, to my extent, no. Mhm. Wow. So tell us more story. You guys have the best stories. So what else? Can I switch happened? back to the ghost stuff? Please. Okay, so I wanted to tell this. Maria just brought this to my attention, and I, I, I didn't forget about it, but you get talking and you kind of miss some of the stories. My, one of my absolute favorite stories is the, the Maria story. So if you watch the Maria and Joe show, you realize that Maria is not the bravest soul, and taking her into paranormal investigations can be very quite challenging because she doesn't want to see ghosts. She can, but she doesn't want to see it. So the very first time that we ever stayed at the Lizzie Borden house in Fall River, Massachusetts, um, we had the house, and uh, we we went to bed, and I looked over at Maria, and she was full-blown in her, her coat, boots, everything, just in case things got out of hand, she was getting the heck out of there. And I said, are you going to be comfortable like that? And she's like, I don't care what happens. If it, if it goes sideways, I'm getting the hell out of here. So I said, okay. So – we, we start to nod off, and then I said, look, I said, we're here. We've got to do something. And she goes, okay, fine. So we go downstairs, um, and she, there was the, – the very first time we ever went, I didn't even know you could go there. You know, my mom was a big Lizzie Borden, you know, fan, and I didn't know that the house was, you know, available to go to. So there were other people, and then ever since then, I started running the house to my, all for myself. But there were other people that we had met. And they were down in the front room. And so Maria and I came and sat down. And, of course, I had my equipment with me. And I said, Maria, just go. Just just tell me what you're picking up. And she goes, well, she said, bring out this particular piece of equipment. And I think, what was it, Maria? Was it the spirit box? No, it was the ovulus. We were using the ovulus. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, as for those who don't know what the ovulus is, it uses um, certain algorithms to, that they think that spirit can communicate with. I'm not so sure about that particular piece of equipment because I find for me it spits out random words, but for Maria it will act, it will answer back. Wow! And we, uh, I I had that, and so I put three K two meters, which you know, as you know, work on electromagnetic frequencies in three different spots that we could see. That way, if 
we're communicating with Lizzie, I can say, okay, you know, light up the one to the left of me, you know, so that I can eliminate, it just happens to be something else. And so we're talking and Maria goes, you know, she said, I think Lizzie Borden is actually here. I don't think she comes here much, but I think she's here now. And all three K2s in that room went off. I'm like, oh, great. This is awesome. So Maria said, hey, you know, Lizzie, uh, she liked to be called Lizbeth. She didn't like being called Lizzie. Her name mm-hmm. was Lizbeth Borden. And she said, Lizbeth, she said, can you answer this for me? Did you murder your stepmother? Because she hated her stepmother. Um, and all three lit up right then and there. And I'm like, wow. holy cow. And she said, did you murder your father, who she absolutely loved her father, that was the light of her life? Nothing. Wouldn't answer, wouldn't go any further than that. And there is a theory that, um, not Bridget Bishop, but Bridget Sullivan helped her, the maid helped her murder her father because there was only Mrs. Borden, Andrew Borden, Lizzie, and Bridget in the house, and the door was locked from the inside. So that pretty much rules out anybody else coming in, but um, she wouldn't answer. So it is theorized that maybe it was Bridget who had done her fathering because he had come home early that day. He wasn't supposed to be there. Um, so then we bring out the ovulus, and Maria starts talking to it. And why don't you tell this part of this, Maria, right here? So we were in the parlor where um, Elizabeth was uh, arrested, and um, I, I asked her, what, are, what can you tell us? And she said, frightened, scared, police. And so I thought, okay. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, came a police siren right within by, by her house. So the Iogulus or she could hear that before it even reached me because I didn't hear it until it passed by the house. And then um, I uh, I asked her what else she wanted to talk about. She said, father, blood, heavy blood, um, dead. I mean, the Iogulus was just, it was working like, I mean, stuff that we needed there's no way you can make it up, you know, information yeah. that we knew, you know, that was her. And Joe kept saying, what is your name? What is your name? What is your name? Um, and, you know, to make sure it was her. And then I'm going to turn it over to him because he's going to finish this part of the story. Okay. So Maria's, chi- Maria's chickenness got worse by that time because now we've made full-blown contact with someone. And we're pretty sure it's Elizabeth. So I go back up to bed. And again, Maria, now she has her purse over her shoulder just in case she's really got a bolt now, like nothing's getting left in the room. Um, I'm with her. <laughs> so we lay there, and it's, I, I don't remember what ghost show it was at the time, but the room that we were in, which was would have been Mrs. Borden's room because Andrew Borden and Mrs. Borden did not sleep together, but they shared the same room. Uh, there was a door that separated them, and um, one of the ghost shows, n- not Zach and the Boys and things like that, but it was one of the paranormal calling cameras or something, showed someone in the room we were in, and the door opened on its own. That's exactly what happened to us. The door popped open on its own. And so I was like, huh. And Maria's like, she's, I don't know if she's pretending to be asleep or she just doesn't want to acknowledge. Either way, she wasn't opening her eyes and looking. So I'm like, Okay. So I laid there a little bit longer. Nothing happened. I left the door. Like if they wanted to come in, I was open to whatever would happen. And remember, Maria had – she's right. I kept asking, what is your name? And I wasn't trying to be a pest. I was asking just in case the energy shifted and you know, it all of a sudden become Andrew Borden or somebody else that was talking to us. So right. I kept asking, what is your name? So I was like, well, I guess nothing else is going to happen. So I just laid back on the bed, and I started to drift off, and all of a sudden I saw Lizzie Borden's face. She got right in my face, and she goes, what is your name? And I woke right up. I'm like, holy Jesus Christ, what just happened? (laughs) 
that's hilarious. So Elizabeth still hangs out at the house. I don't think she's there quite as much. And we've gone back, oh, my God, so many times. Uh, but it's a, it's a fantastic investigation, a lot of fun. Now, I think I have been given wrong information, so please correct me here. I was told that she was molested by her father. So, well, they, they, and, and that may be true. There, there are rumors, but the thing about Lizzie is, or Lizbeth, she absolutely loved her father to death. Her middle name was Andrew. She gave him her class ring as a birthday present. She, she could do no wrong, and the theory is, is that she was, I mean, was there molestation? Yes. Did she mind? They don't seem to think so. She was in love with him like a lover. And then she hated her mother because? Well, she hated her, 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 yeah, her stepmother. Her mother passed away. And mm-hmm. Mrs. Borden, who, who came into the picture, they just disliked her from the start. She felt that um, Mrs. Borden was taking her father away from her. And then two days before the murders happened, he changed his will where Mrs. Borden got everything and Lizzie lost it. She absolutely Ooh. lost it, and it was a full moon on the day of the murders, and she's a cancer, which cancers are ruled by the moon, and that's why we're pretty sure you know, Elizabeth had done it. Now, she may have blacked out or whatever, but I think it was uh, that's it. The, you know, This is going to happen now. And the, the only reason that Lizzie got off, and the, the weirdest part about it is, is because in 1892, it was unfathomable that a woman could do such a thing, so that's why they had to let her go. Yes, I, you know, the, that part I read, and I was fascinated by that. So, yeah, wow, how times have changed. But it's an incredible story. It's not far from me here in Massachusetts. And, yes. Yeah, there's always been so much speculation about who actually did the murders. But there, I think there's a general consensus that she couldn't have done this alone. So your, your uh, theory about the, the maid makes a lot of sense. Bridget, yeah. They, they, I, there's also, you know, Bridget was just kind of going along. There was rumor of her and Lizzie like having formed a relationship um, mm-hmm. and her father had caught them. And that mm-hmm. was one of the things that had happened that came up in the court because uh, he had caught Lizzie and Bridget uh, kissing in the shed out back. And then when dinner time came, Lizzie was a big advocate for animals. He went in and grabbed all of her, what was it, the pigeons? And he, he hacked them all to death in front of her as revenge for what he'd seen. Ah. Oh, boy. So Andrew, well, Andrew that wasn't have pushed a nice her guy over the at all. Yeah, Sounds Andrew like wasn't a, very... a good person. He, he wasn't even liked in Fall River. He was known as a miser. Uh, but, the, but they do believe that Lizzie and him had a, a, a consensual relationship. She loved him like a lover. Wow. Oh, my goodness. So many twists and turns, and and still, it's it's amazing that you were able to connect with her the way you did, and it makes a lot of sense that she would have come back in your face because she felt you were in hers. <laughs> I was bothering her and driving her nuts. And the funny thing is, I've said this for years because we've done Lizzie Borden so many times. Um, Maria has said that you know Lizzie likes you because I'll dream about her, and, oh, and no sometimes kidding. she's scary in the dream. And, mm-hmm. you know, it, it frightens me. And then other times she's like, hey, why don't you just come back and, you know, love to see you again. So it just depends on what the two sides of her are. But I'm not making that up. That's the truth. I'll just periodically have a dream and I'll be like, okay, I think it's time to go back. She wants me to go back. That's amazing. great. Yeah. That's really amazing. Oh, my goodness. Well, yeah. yeah and that... the thing is, 
with with the Lizzie Borden house, like if you go downstairs, and that was the other reason why they thought that maybe she had killed Mrs. Borden naked, um, because downstairs is the original wash basin still, and they sprayed luminol on that, and they they theorized that Lizzie went down and washed her washed the blood off of herself, and mm-hmm. when she came back upstairs, she had been caught burning her dress that had blood on it. Oh, who caught her? Um, what was her name? It was the maid. Uh, uh, yeah, Alice. Alice Russell. Alice Russell had, had was like a not. The, she wasn't Bridget's. What was she? She was a cook or something. The, the cook, I thought. She came in after he died. Yeah, she came in to help cook and things like that. And she walked in on Lizzie burning her dress. She came in the house. And that's another Maria pickup too. Yes, because we were standing there and the ovulus said Alice. And Maria goes, well, who's Alice Russell? Just, she didn't even know the last name. And we asked the owner, Leanne, and she goes, how the hell do you know that? And she, right and she goes, there's her picture right there. And Alice Russell had walked in the next day and caught Lizzie burning a blue dress. And Lizzie turned and banned her from that house forevermore. She was never allowed to step foot in it again. Oh, gosh. Amazing. God. What a crazy story. Oh, my goodness. But then she lived out the rest of her life in another house, right? At Maplecroft, yes. Maplecroft, which is down the road. And yeah, I which hear is that's for sale, for sale now. Yeah, well, you know what? It was almost a Marie and Joe property there, but I think that there's some dirty pool that goes on in Fall River because the original people who bought Maplecroft had turned it into a bread and breakfast because they were promised that it could be, and then I don't know what happened, but all of a sudden they started having issues, so they put it up. And we actually contemplated looking into purchasing it and doing ghost tours out of it. And then oh, we found yeah. out what the real problem was. You can have it as a and b but you can't have any parking. And it's right in the neighborhood, and there ain't nowhere to put anybody. Oh, oh no. wow. <laughs> so that's shame. why it's up for sale again. I see. Okay. <laughs> now, tell us about how people can get a hold of you for ghost tours. Uh, well, you know what? I do everything on Facebook. I just leave it up to my page, Joseph Lawson, and they can watch the Marie and Joe show. I am not hard to get a hold of. Um, and then you could also go to MariaShaw.com if you did, for some reason, struggle finding me. That's great. And so what what do you do? Do you just you wait till you have a big enough group and then bring them through? Or how do you no. handle this? Tell people what you do. Before, yeah, before the world went nuts, what we would do is like five or six times a year, uh, I would take people on investigations throughout the U.S. to known local, uh, to known um, places like Gettysburg or Salem, Massachusetts, or Lizzie Borden or something. And the reason I did that was because I didn't want them doing what I used to do, which was tracing through graveyards or abandoned homes where you could really get hurt. And so I mm-hmm. thought, well, I'll take them to places that have known activity. And, and I like to be educational about things, so that's why I would always pick something that had historical significance, like Gettysburg or Lizzie and things like that. So uh, this this past year, because of COVID, I, we were able to do Pennhurst Asylum in Pennsylvania. Um, but then I kind of had to slow them down. But I'm, we will go back to that one next uh, Memorial Day. Uh, but typically I do three or four a year. But with the COVID, I've kind of had to slow down a little bit. Yeah, Makes yeah, sense. absolutely. So, again, if somebody wants to get a hold of you, they can go to your Facebook page, and it's yep, under Joseph your name, Lawson Joseph Lawson. And, and yep. Maria, and also, I wanted to ask you, because I know, obviously, you do terrific astrology readings for people, and you have a beautiful page set up that's very clear in, in setting up a place, et cetera. And Thank you. 
What about mediumship? Do you offer that also or not? Yeah, if someone were to book a reading with me, I would do uh, their numerology theme for the year. I would do their astrology chart. And I also am a, a karmic relationship specialist, meaning that I can take people's charts and look at the karma between them. If they're soulmates, if they are were lovers in another lifetime, if they were brother or sister in another lifetime, you know, whatever it is, and tell them the reasons that they're brought in to each other's life in this lifetime. And then I also give them a forecast that's good for one to two years. Um, I also do the tarot. I wrote a book on the, how to read the tarot. I have my own tarot kit out. And then um, mediumship. I, I can connect with people from the other side. And then we get into their questions. And the readings are taped. And so they'll get a copy of, of their reading. Well, that's, that's wonderful. wonderful. You hit all the bases there for anybody who needs information. That's terrific. So they can find you at mariashaw.com, right? That's correct. And if they want to follow me on Facebook, French Quarter Medium, Maria Shaw. And we actually live in the French Quarter most of the year of New Orleans, so that's why I'm dubbed that. And we have a great crystal site and astrology reports, and I do the Cards of Destiny report. So it's kind of like a one-stop shop. That's You've great. got a great variety of things, though. It's very always very Thank interesting. Yeah. Thank you. Now, how long have the two of you been together? Uh, well, we met in 2008. We got married in 2011. Uh, but we've known each other in many lifetimes. That's wonderful. Many, many That's... lifetimes. <laughs> so and Joe shows your... in my chart. Uh-huh. I was just going to say, where's your next adventure going to take place? Well, I'm headed to Minnesota tomorrow because I'm doing a three-day Cosmic Connection convention. Halloween's our busiest month. You know, I'm mean, mm-hmm. October is because of Halloween. And then we'll be back, and then we have a, a big show in Midland, Michigan, and then we have two psychic fairs the end of the month at 1st of November. Then it's back to Smoky Mountains and then New Orleans and then back to Minnesota. But we, but we have just been all over this summer and I, I know the COVID we've been extra careful but I'll tell you what we've been doing more traveling than I ever thought we would but it's it's fun it's exciting it's a great life um, I wouldn't change it for anything because you meet so many wonderful people you get to help a lot of people and you get to learn a lot of really cool things absolutely now, I wanted to ask you a question about North Carolina have you visited any sites there that have been haunted and produced spooky stories Mm-hmm. We've been to the Biltmore, South Carolina. We've been to Charleston, um, and of course, we lived in Savannah. Uh, but I, I, I think the only place that we've really investigated was the Biltmore in the North in North Carolina. And what was that like? It's like a it's a, it's America's version of a castle. You know, mm-hmm. you see all these old castles in Europe. When you're when you're doing a European tour, and that's the closest thing I can say. And it, so you, when you first walk in, it's very very eerie. You can feel like a like an energy, but the energy that I felt was a lot about family. You know, just just generations of of people and family. And um, you know, we stayed in a modern room, ate in a modern restaurant, but it's the grounds I think also that are very haunted. Um, I it was been quite a few years, Joe. Do you remember what we? Do you remember anything? I remember that we, the one ghost named Fatty. That's all one I ghost named Fatty? F A D D I E? I think that's F A T T Y. Oh, F A T T Y, Fatty. He was a mobster. He was a mobster. Okay. okay. 
Yeah, some hmm. of the some of the investigations stand out, and and some of them kind of blur together. They say, "Oh, that's right, we did investigate that." You know, some. Now you are very clear about staying away from demonic entities, and you don't let Joe go near anything that has that. Have you ever accidentally encountered something like that? Have we ever encountered anything demonic? We've had spirit attachments. Waverly. Yeah. Oh, you had something that Waverly? Here, I'll let you talk about it. Maria has since paused coming with me on the scary ones, and we did – uh, Waverly Hills Sanitarium last year in Louisville, Kentucky, and there was demonic activity, and also in Penhurst. That's right, you weren't there for that one. Uh, there was areas. There's been a lot of Satanists sneaking on and uh, dealing with that. It's a whole totally different uh, investigation style. I don't. It's a, it's my alien theory. Like, and, and people every single day. Hey, Joe. You know, what do you think about getting this piece of equipment, blah, blah, blah. And my question is, or my answer is always the same thing. And my, it is an answer and a question. It's like, okay, that's cool. You might want to get, you know, X, Y, and Z piece of equipment. But are you sure? Because once you open that door, it can be darn near impossible to close. So make sure you're really sure you want to go down this road. And if you go down that demonic road, you're, you're remembered forever. And, you know, sometimes that stuff, the first thing they go after is relationships, and I don't want to do anything to sacrifice my relationship with Maria. And that's one of the things that Bobby Mackey's Music World in in Florence, Kentucky, every single person that's gone in there has either ended up divorced within the year or they've committed suicide. And I don't don't want that kind of Oh, my gosh. Really? Yes. It's it's a very demonic area. Um, Just, you know, I love Kentucky. I especially love Lexington. But... You know, that, that Bobby Mackey's music world, you got to really be careful with. And the other one that I would like to go to, but I know that it's a big no-no, is the Velisca Axe Murder House there in Velisca, Iowa. Um, mm-hmm. But, Jesus, they have so much trouble there. Every single year, somebody who's on an investigation flips out, and they have to call an ambulance. And oh it's just God. not worth getting us, you know, in that kind of trouble. Last year, the guy... They were they were supposed to be doing. I know a couple of the investigators. They were doing the reenactment. Of, for anyone who doesn't know the Velisca Axe murder story, it was about a family who invited some stranger in after church, and he spent the night. And they were found the next day. All of them were bludgeoned to death with an axe, and they never found the guy. Um, so, when investigators go in there, they thought, well, you know, we'll we'll reenact it and we'll set it up exactly, and they videotaped the whole thing, and then halfway through, what he was supposed to do is he was supposed to take the blunt side of the hatchet and tap it on the ground the, the amount of times that they felt the children and the mother and stuff were struck, and he was supposed to tap it on the ground in that amount of times that they felt that they had been hatched, bludgeoned to death. But as he turns toward the camera, you can clearly see something has gone off the rails with him, and he starts screaming, and he lifts that axe above his head, and everyone had to get out of there. They had to call the police. They had to call an ambulance to get him out of there. Um, I have an actual really sad story, and I don't know what the heck these people were thinking, uh, but people who have come on my investigations went and did it, and they had brought – I don't know what the hell they were thinking. They had brought somebody with them who was a recovering alcoholic, um, and that's just a recipe for disaster because you know that you're not in no fit state to be in that kind of thing because negative energies are highly attracted to that weakened state. Yeah, and yeah. she oh said that they had God. went in, 
they started having trouble. They all got scared and decided to leave. And that guy went back and started drinking, and he was dead within a week. So it's just what? sad. But, wow. Yeah, he just he drank himself right to death. He he, oh you know God. you know how it is is with drug addicts and alcoholics is if there's been an extended period of time that they have not used, they go back and think they can do exactly what they did before, mm-hmm. and that's exactly what happened. He picked up the bottle right from there and thought he could go back to what he was doing before, and his body couldn't handle it. So I feel I feel that's one more victim of that Villisca Axe murder house. Wow, that is just incredible. Oh, my goodness. Well, I guess it's wise you stay away from places like that. Definitely. Waverly Hills is probably the closest. I really enjoyed Waverly Hills, and I would go back. Um, I saw some dude with a screwed-up spine coming after us. Oh, (laughs) my goodness. They took us on a tour. And, it was, you know, I find this. I don't know if you guys, you know, haven't done investigations or anything. I find, honest to God, the most activity happens during the walkthrough. Like, like in really? the daylight, it, that's when I find, like, I'll do like the 3 a.m. thing and nothing's happening. But God dang, when we were sitting there at four o'clock in the afternoon, everything was happening. Um, <laughs> and we, we were doing our walkthrough with the lady. She's like, listen, you know, I need you to do this because you can get lost in here. And we have trouble with people breaking in and people have been hurt and blah, blah, blah. So she's walking us through and we go through this particular passageway and I turn and I see a weird shadow coming towards us. And I said, Hey, what's that? And she goes, well, what are you talking about? I said, do you see that weird thing getting closer? And she said, yeah. And then as it got closer, I noticed that it had a gown on. And I'm like, you know, I think I'm going to shut the door and I wouldn't let it come in. (laughs) Whatever it was, it wasn't coming in with me. It wasn't coming in. Well, unfortunately we are out of time. This has been so wonderful having you both with us tonight. Thank you so much, and everybody be sure to contact Maria and Joe. Again, you have so much to offer, and we so appreciate you being with us tonight. Oh, definitely. Well, thank you. Let me know thank when you, you come Thank you, and happy Halloween. Time. Yeah, happy <laughs> Halloween, you guys. Enjoy the rest of the month. And next week, everybody, we're doing something a little different. We are going to have Britton Buchanan on the show from The Voice. He's going to be talking to us about his paranormal experiences. So until then, everybody, we'll see you on the Blue Highway. Good night. Good night. Thanks for listening. Tune in next week for another radio adventure with Supernatural.